I would love to I would love to have a time card, but I actually wouldn't. You know, I know about myself that I, I'm here now and there's no going back. I have to accept that and I have to learn how to be a better better leader, you know? Because it is on it is on us to make the environment the environment that you want. You know, you cannot blame your team if you're not setting it up first. Welcome to Artists as Leader, where we explore the intersection of creativity and leadership. I'm Corey Madden. And I'm Rob Kramer. In this episode, we're excited to bring you Rob's interview with the extraordinary musician, Rhiannon Giddens. I'm watching from my window Curtain coming down, a blue as black as warning, a silence like a sound that rattles at the cages that hold my heart and mind. I call my name to wonder just what I hope to find. She's one of the most highly regarded folk and roots musicians performing today. She's won a Grammy Award and an International Folk Music Award. She trained as an opera singer at Oberlin College, co-founded the band Carolina Chocolate Drops, and now has a thriving solo career. Rhiannon is also a historian. She's an expert on the history of the African-American string band tradition, particularly from the Piedmont area of North Carolina where she grew up. She's passionate about reminding her audience of the overlooked musical giants, the black men and women who helped shape a truly American sound. It's this combined passion for music and history that won her a MacArthur Foundation Genius Grant in 2017. I interviewed Rhiannon in June of 2019 when she was back in her hometown of Greensboro. I started by asking her if she could remember the moment when she first realized she was becoming a leader. I think the first concrete uh, moment I had thinking about that was making the speech for the International Bluegrass Music Association. Mm. Um, They came to me, you know, earlier in the year and they said, we want you to make a speech, the keynote speech for our organization, for our big festival in the fall. And I said, I mean, you know what I do, right? (laughs) And they were like, yeah, 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 yeah. that's what we want you. And I was like, so I can say what I want to say. And they were like, yeah, I mean, within reason, of course, you know. So, you know, the impact of that speech, and I, I didn't really think about it beyond, I just want to take this opportunity to say some stuff needs to be said about bluegrass and the situation that surrounds it and diversity there, you know, therein and all that. And, you know, it was picked up and sort of quoted and, you know, it, it, people talked about it the next day. Mm. And I was kind of like, Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, I am in the position to, you know, this is not me making a record. This is me making a speech, you know, and I'm in a position to, use the knowledge that I have gained and also the the people that I have built together. You know, there's I have a network of people that know a lot more than I do, mm-hmm. um, but don't maybe have the platform that I do. And so we have formed this sort of web, you know, mm-hmm. where I make sure that everything's right, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so then the info gets out there in a way that other people are now able to access. So kind of shaping the message in a way? Yeah, it's like, um, I you know, I, I feel like I'm in a position now where I can, I have a slightly bigger platform than, than, than I have had. And I'm also a very 
persnickety kind of detail oriented person. Yeah. Um, she doesn't always go along with being a singer, you know, <laughs> and I, you know, I make, I double check all of my info. I make sure that it's all footnoted. I make sure that it's all as correct as I can, that I know, yeah. you know, cause I feel like that's really important because there's so much misinformation that goes out there and there's so much, there's so many lazy I, I mean, I don't mean to be rude, but there's a lot of people who are very lazy about the information they're putting out in the world. Yeah. And people who come from the arts, we have to be triple careful because people are already going to say, well, what do you know? You're just an artist. So I try to make sure that my information is as well documented as it can be. And so I have to make sure I have relationships with the people who have this information and go, hey, I just said, I'm going to say this tomorrow. Is this right? You know, or is this as right as you can tell? And right. I think that's um, – I feel good about the fact that that I, that's a combination that I have in particular that I don't know that everybody does, you know, that I have a very strong artistic instinct, but I also have a very pedantic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but where does it say that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'll do whatever I want in the recording studio, but if I'm going to talk about it, I want to make sure that I'm talking about it in a correct way because mm. the real information is always more interesting than the sort of quasi mythical crap yeah. that is being touted as right. this story because they because it's an easy story to tout. Right. You know, the real stuff is always harder. We also spoke about how being an artist has shaped the way she leads. I think all of us are artists, you know, and I don't say that in a kind of like, everybody can sing. I mean, (laughs) I do think everybody can sing, but, you know, that we have art in our everyday lives that I think art is the ability to look outside the box, to, to see the unexpected, to not stay, you know, in in what other people are telling you to do. I think that there's a part, there's a type of art to living that is that, you know, then you have the ways that people express that, which can be in economics and it can be in what we call art, which is visual arts, auditory arts, music, you know, all this kind this of stuff. This is the argument we're making with this series. Yeah. yeah. Right. You can lead no matter what role you're in and whether you're in the arts or not in the arts, well, there's still it. creativity. That's it, you know, mm-hmm. and it's all about being true to yourself. Like it doesn't matter what discipline you're in, if you are true to yourself and you you are willing to be open to these things mm. that we were just talking about, mm. then that's a piece of art, mm-hmm. you know? It's it's just being able to, you know, you're looking at an algorithm and being able to, like, sparking and seeing, oh, there's a, we didn't even think about this. Right. That's art. Yeah. It just happens to be math, yeah. you know? And everything's a lot more connected, you know, in that way. I and mean, there's a lot of, like, I find that a lot of physicists and things who who are also musicians, you know? I mean, this is even beyond the whole, you know, connection of music and math and, you know, counting and all that stuff. I just mean, you know, when you're in a discipline that is is strengthened by how how you can look outside the box, you see other ways of doing that, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And those connections are strengthened. How can we help younger artists see that earlier in in their careers? Stop telling them what the path is you know stop telling them you got to do this and you got to do that stop telling an opera singer you know who who all they want to do is sing opera stop telling well then you have to audition for young artist programs and then you have to do this you have to get a you know job as a waitress or a waiter you know to do nothing wrong with that job but you know i know people like in europe who 
being a, a, a part of the wait staff is an avocation mm-hmm. and they're the be- and they're freaking genius waiters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like doing something to, while you're waiting to do something else. And there's a certain aspect of that you, that we all have to do. We have to, you know, how am I going to get an apartment if I don't have a job? You know, <laughs> I'm not saying that. I mean, everybody has to pay their dues and kind of go through. I mean, I had my, my you know, series of, of desk jobs, you know, as I figured out what I was doing. But while I was doing that, I was building this idea of who, who am I as an artist, you know? And nobody could tell me that. I, I went to, the only person who could tell me something was the guy who said, you got to make it yourself. You know, I took this class on how to be a professional artist. And he said, I'm going to give you a lot of tips, you know, stuff that works for me. Mm. But the most important thing is stop sitting on your butt going, when is it going to happen for me? Mm. You have to make it happen. And how that looks for you is how it looks for you. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm on my way. Lord, if you love me, keep me, I pray. A little bird is stretching out to the shimmering, shaking blue. Don't know where I'm going, but I know what to do. I asked Rhiannon what it was like for her to transition from being a peer as co-founding member of Carolina Chocolate Drops to becoming a solo artist, headliner, and leader. In leadership world, we talk about going from peer to boss. Oh, it was awful. Yeah. It was so tough. It was tough for all of us. It was Mm -hmm. really, really hard. I didn't really realize what was what that meant you know for me i was like uh-huh. but i'm taking care of everybody uh-huh. but then for them it was like yeah but now it's your name on the poster it's your picture it's your you know it doesn't matter how much you include us you know what i mean this is a this is the reality and this is not what we signed on for and it's not to say that i mean the shows were great and everybody was doing the best they could i just don't think any of us thought uh, th- thought it through you know um and it's just, and, i mean i would say it's awful it was it was very hard for me because i'm very sensitive I'm very Southern woman. I had to really confront some things in myself. You know, I had to confront, I was leading an an entire group of men, which is, I was tough, you know? Um, So it was a really, I learned a lot going from the band to the solo thing, but I also, I stepped into it, you know, because I recognized, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to be able to do with this, but I recognized that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You also have to see those when they come. You can't be so, I couldn't be so stuck in the drops, you know, and, and go, well, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. It's like, you know what? You don't know. It goes back to, you don't know how, what form it's going to take. So with the shift to the solo career, I had to let the idea of the drops go. And those people I work with in different capacities now, you know, and the, and the, the spirit of the drops is still there, you know, and I have to, I had to be okay with going, this is what I'm supposed to be doing because as I stepped into a, to a solo role, which was hard for me, you know, but T-Bone knew what he was doing. He was just like, you just needed a push, you know, he's like, you've been hiding a smart man, you know, in the band, which I had been, mm-hmm. you know, for various reasons. And so I stepped out and all of a sudden I found that I had another platform for a whole nother story that I wanted to tell, which was of women, which I couldn't do in the drops, you know, not in the way I wanted to do it. And all of a sudden I had control over the songs that I was going to do. And it was up to me, you know, and I found myself as a songwriter and none of these would have been possible within the band. So, you know, you have to recognize those moments when they come. And that was a moment for me. And it's one of those, I have a crossroads in my life because I recognize that moment. And when, when it, when it comes, you just, you just gotta, you gotta grab onto it and then do what you do. 
you know, but I think a lot of people miss those moments because they're stuck in that. And I'm sure I missed some. I'm sure I missed some along the way because I was so whatever, yeah. but that's okay. Like, you know, it's a process. None of us are perfect. But when one comes along like that, <laughs> you really don't want to turn back and go, God, what would have happened? Well, thanks, if, you know what I mean? Seriously. Yeah. Seriously, because I was kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> well, a couple minutes ago, you mentioned, if you're willing to disclose, you said you learned a lot mm. in that that tough growth change mm. from being part of a group to being solo and leading them. Can you yeah. share some of those lessons learned and some of those difficulties you overcame? Yeah, man. If you're the buck stops with you, you got to own that. You have to own it in a lot of different ways. You have to own it because the thing is, like, the responsibility is yours. You know, the 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 joy and or the, not the joy, but the the sort of recognition is yours, but the responsibility is yours. And when things mm -hmm. go wrong, that's yours too. Yeah. And there's a lot of responsibility and it's a lot of weight on you and you have to recognize that. And when you go from a band situation to a solo situation where you're leading people, all of a sudden you're in a management situation. You know, you have to lead as you want the organization to be, you know, and it took me a while to realize that I had a responsibility to myself and I had a responsibility to what now, now were my employees, you know, I paid them, I got paid last, you know, and you also have to realize they don't know that, you know, they don't realize that they don't realize the weight of it on you. All they know is, is that you're the one who gets asked to go to that dinner and you're the one who got the thing. And they didn't get it, but they were there too. You know what I mean? And it's like, I, you have to understand that in a, in a way of compassion. And I think communication is really important, but it's, you don't have, they don't have to know everything either, you know, and you have to tell, you have to figure out what to tell them when so that they feel like they are a part of the process, but also recognize that if you're going to be the name and the leader, that there are certain things that you have to worry about that they shouldn't have to worry about, you know, that's part of, you know, Putting in your, your, uh, your, what is it? The time card. time card coming in, doing your thing and then going, you know, that, that brings with it certain unalienable rights. And some of those rights are, I ain't got to worry about what's going on with the rest of the thing. Right. Because that's my job as I go and do my job. And then I, you know, mm -hmm. I had to worry about everything else, but it also means that I had, I get to do gigs when I want and I get to do the things that I want to do. And it all builds to my career, right. right? And so it's it's like there's a give and there's a take, and there you have to realize one of, which one of those you are. Because there's people that I know that they don't want that leadership role. They want they want that time card that they can you know. And I understand that. And it's like it's neither bad nor good. It's who you are. It's like there's some people who are like I don't want to be a full time musician. They're like the most talented people I know, and they want to go work a job. And play on the weekends. That's important to know. And you know, and I just kind of went, God, I would love to, I would love to have a time card, but I actually wouldn't. And I know about myself that I, I'm here now and there's no going back. I have to accept that and I have to learn how to be a better, better leader, you know, because it is on it is on us to make the environment the environment that you want. Yeah. You know, you cannot blame your team if you're not setting it up first. Right. We you set know. the culture. You set the culture. And then if they're in that culture, you leave them there. And if they're not, you say goodbye. Mm. And that sucks. It just sucks. You know, mm. it, 
It's and, and if you can't do that, then you don't need to lead. You know, it's just, you got to know what goes into it. If you don't want to, you know, if you, if you don't want to put that time card in and you want say, then you need to lead your stuff. If you don't want to have to fire people, if you don't want to have to manage everything, if you don't want to have to make all the decisions, then go get a time card. There's no, there's nothing wrong with either one of it. And as an hourly worker, you can be a leader, you know, informal leader. And as a leader, you can be a team player, right? There's aspects of both with, with each, but the first thing is, is the thing, you know, and then everything else informs that. And that, that comes with, just comes with things. Yeah, it's been a... <laughs> You've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. You could teach a business class right my now. My <laughs> God. I mean, because I'm very, you know, I'm very loyal to my people. Like when I was, you know, um, when, when I was running the chocolate drops, you know, like they had salaries, they had health insurance, you know what oh, I mean? I that. Stuff that like bands just don't do, you know? And I understand why, because it's really expensive <laughs> and I couldn't keep it up. But like for a few years I could. And then, you know, I still like always m- might want to make sure that everybody... It's getting paid well, that they're being taken care of, that there's food on the bus. There's, you know, I'm very much into taking care of people, but I also, you know, I have to realize that the, the thing that's making the ship run is me. And if I'm not doing what I need to do, every it's all going to fall apart. I want to ask you a nuance. Mm. This is my experience running my own theater company mm. is executive producing, directing, keeping the whole shop going. Mm. Almost in the end, the last thing was the actual, quote unquote, the art. Amen to that, right? <laughs> How do you balance and then show up in an effective way when it's time to deliver? Oh, my gosh. You know, there were so many days I was so resentful, you know, because the guys are all like, you know, stumbling out of their bunks at like 11, 12, 1 o'clock. And they're, oh, I'm so tired. I don't want to do this show. And I've been up since like 8 in the back on my computer, like doing either research or emails or blah, blah. And I was just like... Oh, you know, and I have two kids, you know, but I was like, that's what they signed up for. Don't be resentful. You know, that's what they signed up for. So it's like you, I forget what the nuanced question was. What was it? How do you balance? Well, oh. it takes so much effort to, to run the business yeah. to then think about doing the artistic side. Well, you know, this is where I came because what I was trying to do, and you know, it was great. I went to the bus, you know, with the crew and we put on these amazing shows with the full band. But it was killing me. It was absolutely killing me because of what it takes to run all of that stuff, to manage all the personalities, you know. And I'm not a country singer. I'm not making goo gobs of money every year that, you know, then I have a production assistant. You know, we were running on a shoestring, you know, because because I want to make sure everybody's paid well. You know, and I was, I didn't make money for my tours, you know, my bus tours because, so I was working outside of them to pay for you know, what, what I needed to pay for, for myself, you know, they were, they were making money themselves, but I wasn't seeing much. And I just kind of went, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to burn out because I don't have time to do what it is that led to the music that we're touring, you know? And so I had to make the decision to stop, you know, and the next record I did was a very small, intimate, you know, uh, ensemble kind of just mostly a duo, um, and that's how it's going to tour. And I just, you know, the Mark Arthur came coming along kind of helped inform that, you know, I just suddenly went, Oh, I don't have to, I can get off this rat race, you know, of put the record out, tour it for a year and a half, put the record out, tour it for a year and a half. You know, I mean, it, it was to the point where people would be like, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm 
taken, you know, the rest of the year off. And I'm like, what do you do when you're at home? I don't know what you do. What? I, I don't. I still don't know what to do with the day off. I have no idea. None. You know, because I have my kids, or I'm working, and like having kids is not not working, right? It's full time. Because I have them full time. Because I'm, you know, my, me and their dad aren't together. So, it's like, uh, you know, and I'm like, that's not good. That I don't know what to do with the day off. <laughs> you know, so you have to feed. You have to water yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if the, and if the culture, the, 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 uh, business culture that you have Mm -hmm. is not working for you, Mm -hmm. even if it's successful on paper, Mm -hmm. like the, the bus and the tour and the shows were killer. Mm -hmm. They're very, they were successful. We got, we got great reviews. You know, we were, we were making a difference. We went, you know, we started off in Sing Sing. We did all, you know, we're really doing this thing. But like, for me, I was dying. You know, and I was like, it was great. And maybe we'll do it again someday, but it's got to stop right now. I'm going home to meet my savior. I'm going home, no more to roam. I ended our conversation by asking Rhiannon what advice she wished she'd received when she was just starting to become an artist leader. Let people go, you know? Just because you see something for them doesn't mean that it's either meant to be for them or that's something they want to do, you know? Because, like, when you get to the point where you're kind of in a... You're seen as a leader, you're seen as an encourager, um, you know, then you start thinking you know (laughs) what other people can do. And you don't. You know, and that's super important. I think that was a good lesson for me to learn is to just like, you know what? I only want you here if you want to be here. I only want to talk to you if you want me to talk to you. Otherwise, go with God. You know what I mean? I can see a million things for you, but what the hell do I know? You know, it's like I I try to treat it now as I have to do with advice for anybody. You know, anybody who's having marital problems, problems with their kids. You know, it's like they ask me specifically. I'll say what worked for me and they don't have to do it. A damn thing with it you know because ultimately we are our own problem solvers but I also know there are moments when I feel like I'm talking to somebody and I go you know what I feel this is the moment to say this and then they do with it what they will but I I whenever I have felt that really strong kind of connection to I mean I'm very spiritual and I believe that we're all connected to the sort of the infinite the god whatever you want to call it you know I do believe if you are open to, if that gate is open, there are those moments where it's like, say this, you know, something you really feel strongly about. And every time I've listened to that, the other person's like, I really needed to hear that. We are all vessels for other people, you know, and you don't know what they're going to do with it, but you have to heed that call, you know, because that, I know that's how I've gotten where I am is that, that thing, but that guy who said that thing, he was moved to say that. You know, and so we all, if the more we listen to that, the more we can guide each other to, you know, that thing.
I really love and appreciate her honesty in talking about how tough it was to take on the weight of leadership. Yeah, totally agree. I also really appreciated her commitment to being authentic and truthful about the history and art she brings to her audiences. You know, it's really admirable. And one of the things I also noticed is that, you know, vulnerability really allows her to move forward as an artist because she recognizes what's hard for her. Mm. And she just goes ahead and does it. That's really the value of authenticity. Yeah, she's willing to sort of put herself out there and be genuine and be herself and and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, she's constantly willing to say, you know, this isn't enough. I could have settled, but I didn't. Um, she's constantly pushing the envelope and confronting her fears. Absolutely. So that's it for this episode of Artist as Leader. This podcast is produced by Pierre Carlo Talenti. Special thanks to Noel Panapento, Megan Freestead, Lori Keeble, and Joe Henry. And thanks as well to Rhiannon Giddens herself for allowing us to use some of her beautiful music in this episode. The songs you heard are from her album, There Is No Other, her collaboration with the Italian musician instrumentalist Francesco Terizi. Be sure to find it wherever you purchase your music. If you'd like to read a longer version of this interview, please be sure to visit our website at www.uncsa.edu forward slash Keenan. We'd love to hear from you, so please find us on Facebook at the Keenan Institute for the Arts and leave us your thoughts. Remember to check back in regularly to discover what fascinating artist leader we've got on the schedule. I'm Corey Madden. And I'm Rob Kramer. Thanks for listening. <laughs>